0: I grew up and I was always the only Black girl. I was always the only Black girl who ever got Dune of the Month, the only Black girl when I went into the corporate world, right? Um, the only Black girl, you know, when I was at pretty much every single job, right? I was like, where are the people? I mean, I worked in Chicago, for God's sakes. Where are the rest of the Black people? Come on, Chicago's full of Black people. <laughs> This week's episode is sponsored
1: by SheHub.tv. Log on to www.shehub.tv for engaging content dedicated to women. Also check out their quarterly magazine available in print and both app stores. Shehub TV for the fearless female. You are listening to Choosing Her Hustle with your host, Letitia Francis. This is a podcast for Black women looking to turn their side hustles full-time. Each week, I'm going to bring you interviews from women who have successfully transitioned from side hustler to full-time entrepreneur. They will be sharing their journeys, the good, the bad, the ugly, as well as the lessons learned along the way in hopes to inspire you to choose your hustle. Let's get this conversation started. Hello, 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 and welcome to Choosing Her Hustle. I am super excited about this episode. This lady is on a very similar mission as me, really wanting to see women of color, Black women, women. Earn their power, step into their power, and take control of their lives. She is also a podcast host, so make sure once she, she shares her information, you go and listen to what she is bringing to the table. But hello, guests. Why don't you introduce yourself?
0: Well, hello, hello. My name is Khalida. Um, yes. One that's a little bit hard to remember. And, um, as you said, I am on a similar journey to you. I am a business coach for women of color entrepreneurs, um, whether they're service or coaches, service providers, I should say, or coaches. Um, and yeah, I do this work because I, I really love women. I really love women of color. Um, and I, l- What I love for them is to just really understand like how powerful they are, how they do have so many answers. Um, And my goal is for them to really like get in touch with who they are, understand the things that are, that hold them back and understand the the superpower that can like really propel them forward. Um, And all of that without being like weighed down with like just the, that hard exterior shell of like, I have to take everything on in the world, you know? So So much love for my women. (laughs) I'll just keep it short.
1: (laughs) Yes, so much love. And that's what we're about here, sharing the love. And yes, it's about helping us step into our power, really earning that in a way that breeds more action for us, more opportunity because we are taking action. So tell me, how did you get into business coaching? Oh my gosh,
0: by accident.
1: (laughs) 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 I definitely want to hear this story, babe. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So, you know, actually when I first started in the online space, I was a crowdfunding coach. So helping people raise money for their businesses, um, you know, or just like maybe even just a passion project. So it wasn't always business, but I was more drawn to the business, um, the projects that had a business at the end of it. Right. So we're trying to raise money for this new product that we want to launch to market. And so I did that for a while. So I worked on a crowdfunding platform for a couple of years. And then I um, got laid off in mid-2019, kind of hit the, you know, the bottom of the barrel with my mental health, you know, from like my long corporate career and was just kind of like, what do I want to do? So I was like in uh, Africa, in Rwanda for two weeks, just kind of like visiting these these um, these charity like projects that I had like helped implement over the last several years And just finally getting to see them. And I had like a lot of time to just think about what I want to do and what kind of legacy I want to leave. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start my own crowdfunding business. Um, I had been toying with that for like, you know, a couple of years. Then I got into the space and I was like, you know, I don't feel like I'm lit up by this. Right. And all of my clients kept coming and signing with me. And we would like barely talk about crowdfunding. It would all be about business, just the business stuff, the business stuff, the business stuff. And I thought, you know what? I'm so much more lit up by, you know, talking about business um, and helping people with their business ideas, right? So I have siblings. Um, I think three of three of my siblings also own their own businesses, all service oriented, but in different um, areas. And I, they were always coming to me for information and, you know, et cetera. And so I thought, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I had a business coach myself. <laughs> she was like, you're a business coach, man. What are you doing? You know? And so I was like, okay, well, can you help me transition into being a business coach? Because I'm just scared. (laughs) And so, yeah, that's how, in a nutshell, that is how I ended up here. Um, But I also felt like I had so much to offer because I had worked for startups prior. I worked for sales organizations, you know, like medical sales and stuff. And so I felt like I had like a lot of experience seeing the behind the scenes of businesses um, that I could really apply to a coaching, coaching relationship.
1: I can relate to that. I started off in life coaching um working in corporate um I was in business development uh aligned with commercial insurance and I was the business development aspect was my last five years i built successfully built two teams for that um for that company that I worked for and part of the reason why I left is was the expectation that I was gonna build a third and that wasn't gonna happen but <laughs> um. I loved in life coaching, but there was always a part that was, I felt was missing because I wasn't leaning into my zone of genius. I'm very analytical. I love numbers. I like looking at trends, like statistics, probability, all of that stuff I love. So then I was able to incorporate that and, and, and use it in my business to help others know how to read their business, read the numbers that is when I was fully lit up in my business. But I think it's also important, you said something, people were coming to you
0: mm, yeah.
1: about business. A lot of times, people don't start businesses because they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I want to do for the next 10 years. So I don't want to start because I don't want to make, commit to anything. Mm. Most business owners that I know that have transitioned have transitioned in a way that was layered by the people that were already in front of them. Yep. Yep. It's so true. I, you know, you were layered by people coming to you for business. I was layered by all of my life coach clients, like every single one of them told me they wanted to start a business. So it was about working through the mindset stuff so they can move forward. But then I'm like, well, I can help them move forward as well. So growing and allowing your business to evolve is so important. Right. I told you, I I got chatty and then I lose my train of thoughts. I
0: was going to say like, I one of the reasons why I also love, you know, because as a business coaching, you you know, we will always be dealing with mindset stuff, right? Mm -hmm. We have our own business coaches or we have our own, you know, team, if you will. And I call them the support team, right. Who help us work through our stuff so that we can help other people. Right. Um, And so we'll, we're always going to be working through our mindset stuff. And what I really realized was my mission for women based on like, you know, how I grew up and what I saw, the, the conditions that I saw women in, which was mainly not knowing how to manage money, not having the self-esteem to even make money. Right. Not knowing how to advocate for themselves and stand up for themselves. And like, Really understand how to think properly and ask themselves questions properly. Um, when I really started thinking about why business coaching, I thought, you know, because I really feel like entrepreneurship, um, it unearths everything. It unearths everything. You actually have to want to be great to own your own business. And I'm not saying that you have to have want to have a million dollar business. Okay. You could literally want a $50,000 a year business and that could be your greatness. Okay. But in order to want, in order to get to that greatness, you have to unearth everything within you. That's not great. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're unearthing everything that's in you. That's not great. Guess what's going to come up? All the mindset stuff, all the stuff that you have to fight through. And I thought, you know what, this is what I love to do with women. Right. So I'm like the exact opposite of you. I'm a systems nut. Right. I love organization. That's just, that's the perfectionist in me, but I really love helping people have discoveries that help them move forward. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, oh, you know, like I can hear something in somebody, but I'm like, well, the the right thing to do is not to, to just tell them, right? It's to help them to see it. And then they're like, oh my God, I see this. And then all of a sudden they can move a couple steps forward. Right. And I just thought entrepreneurship is the perfect vehicle to move my ladies because you have to really develop such a strong self-trust, self-worth, and all these things to be able to just make money. Right. Mm-hmm. So that that that's just wanted to add on to your thought there. <laughs> And I appreciate that because it's so
1: true. Like, it it seems so cliche when they say, you know, success is 20% strategy and 80% mindset. It it really seems cliche, but I, I, you know, I think it's higher for mindset, like 90%. 90% because... My journey, and I'm sure your journey has been the same. It's really like you say, a bit an unearthing. I am so grateful for this process. Right. I credit. All of my growth in the last two to three years solely on my desire to have success in my business. So I had to get out of my own way. I had to challenge oh. my mindset. I had to get open to community. I had to get open to asking for help. I had to yeah. change a lot of yeah. what was the norm for me in order for me to excel in my business because it meant so much to me. It meant so much to have an impact on my clients, but show up in a way that they can appreciate it all
0: right. You are so right about that. Like, and you and there's a lot of there's this point, there's points, I should say in business where you feel you feel like you're in between both worlds, right? Like the old you who was like stuck in all these things, and then the new you who's like, but I'm loving my business, I'm loving the feeling that I get. even if my business isn't like super profitable yet. I'm loving the, the feeling that I'm getting by like making decisions, trusting myself, seeing something through, experimenting, right? But dang, I now have to build community. <laughs> Darn it, you know. And I remember having those moments. I'd be sitting at my computer or I'd be listening to a podcast. And they'd be like, you know, one of the reasons that you're not um successful yet, you know, is that you're you're not surrounding yourself with community. And I was like, but I don't want to. And I and then I had to start asking myself the questions, well, why don't you want to? That's weird, right? So yeah all of a sudden we we learn how to think differently and then you can't even hide from yourself. It's like mm-hmm. okay now I think differently. So now everything that comes in becomes like being you know it, it goes through like a different filter than it used to. Mm-hmm. Right? And then what happens is is we just learn to accept. I think the difference between people who fail and when I say fail I'm not talking about like your business didn't um pan out like a specific business, business didn't pan out. People who walk away from entrepreneurship or self-help, um, or self-development, I should say, are people who just cannot, they never accept that that's what it has to be, that you have to go to the next level, that you have to sit in the discomfort, that you have to admit that you were wrong, You know that you have to admit that you don't know everything. And I felt like that. I thought, well, what if I go to get community and it sucks? What if everybody competes with me, right? And then I started questioning those thoughts. Why would I even have that thought, right? So it becomes this whole like, you start to realize it's not the the rest of the world it's you mm-hmm. it's you it's this whole world that's been created in you and it's created for you know it, it came about for reasons but it's so interesting um you know and yeah just on the point of build, building community it's like that's what i found i found that community has been the game game changer the game changer you know mm-hmm. Well, before
1: we started recording, we were talking about community, right? And (laughs) we were talking about what that looks like for us, because a lot of times we go into communities. I know I did when I first started, like I knew I had to build community. I was very resistant to that because I was hyper independent, toxically independent and Me trusting someone else with my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, just being vulnerable in that space felt uncomfortable to me because I've been a solo rider for a very long time, even in a room full of people. I've always been on my own in my in my in that sense. So what was your experience around building community and letting down those walls? And how did you navigate any difficulties with that?
0: Oh, my God. So when I first stepped into like this, we'll use this space because it's so, you know, Im- like important for our conversation. We're mm-hmm. in the online space. Um, when I first came, it, the funny thing is, is you don't even realize this is a problem. Right. So we don't know our problems until they they come to light. You know, maybe a coach says something. Maybe you hear something on the podcast. You're like, oh, maybe that's the problem. So I came into this space. Right eyed, bushy-tailed. I'm like, yeah, I can do this, you know, same as you, very hyper-independent, you know, always do things on my own. I trust myself. <laughs> okay. I trust myself. Never was that girl who was like, oh, I just need a coach because I can't show up. That's not a problem for me. Like, I'm gonna show up if I want something, right? Um, but not understanding that, like, when you don't have community, you you really just are missing out on so much. Like it's almost like you have this tiny little. View and the whole big picture is hidden from you. Right. And so I would listen to these books, you know, like um, Think and Grow Rich, where they talk about having masterminds and stuff like that. And every time I would hear these messages, I kid you not, for a couple of years, right, I would hear these messages, I would get this feeling in my body. Right. Never really thought about what that feeling was, but, you know, it felt, it was resistance, by the way. Um, and so then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try this. You know, they're saying do this. I don't really know what they mean, but I'm going to do this. And so I just would go into Facebook groups. Right. Big problem for me was that some of the most active Facebook groups are the ones that are like very searchable where you search keywords like business, entrepreneurship, um, hustle, you know, whatever. They had white leaders. Right. And most of their membership was primarily white people. Right. Or white women. And so I would step into these and be like, okay, this is a community of women. But then there's so many restrictions on what you can do in groups and et cetera, et cetera. I would post my content and everything like that. And I just got to this point where it just felt like nothing really was resonating. What the leader was posting was always like from a very much her perspective, right? And her perspective happens to be a white woman's perspective, right? So I'd be like, okay, you know, then I go into black groups, you know, and try to find my community and stuff. And it was just always kind of like, still not feeling this like safety, but you don't identify it that way. You just feel this like discomfort and you kind of just mull over it. Right. And then you go back to your old ways, <laughs> just do it on your own, typing behind the computer, trying to get clients, you know, et cetera. And it hit me. Um, it hit me hard. Like, you have to commit to this. You have to figure this out. Right. Part of the problem is, is that you're resistant to this. Like when I was like super honest with myself and I sat down and asked questions, I have a thing like ask yourself powerful questions and they just need to be questions that empower you to ask another question or lead you to the first best step, right? Next best step. And so I was sitting down and I was asking myself questions about community. And I just was so honest with myself. And I was like, I'm really scared to be in communities, right? White communities just annoy me because I don't feel like they have my perspective and they always make me feel like something's wrong with me. And I was just honest with myself, it was my own journal. You know, I always have to tell, reassure myself, nobody's gonna read this, (laughs) even though I'm like telling on myself now. Um, And then I was like, okay, so what about, people, women of color communities or people of color communities. And I was like, well, you know, they don't ever seem like they're very active, like things don't seem put together, you know, and I was just honest with what my perspective was, which led to more questions about like, why is that my perspective? Is that actually true? Sometimes, yes, it was true. Right. But okay. These things are true. And like, what am I going to do about it? Right. And so literally, I'll be honest with you. I was like in Georgia visiting my mom and I just needed some a break from work. I was like, I'm not going to do anything, record all my podcasts before I left. And um, one of, you know, my followers reached out to me, you know, we had like kind of talked back and forth. She's kind of like at the influencer level. Um, I'm not at that level. She's brilliant, <laughs> you know, and she reached out and she asked me a question and everything like that. And I was talking to my mom and I was like, you know, I just want more, like, I'm going to really be focusing on having more community for the rest of this year and into next year. Right literally that was an intention. And it was something that I said, and it really came from the heart. And then I didn't do anything right. This same woman who reached out to me and asked the question, I got home two weeks later and she was like, Hey, how do you feel about being in a mastermind? Like a pure mastermind. I was like, the same feeling came up. Ooh, I don't know. You know, okay, maybe. You know, like my people pleasing in me was like say yes. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but then there was this other part of me that was like, oh, I don't know. You know, and who are going to be these women? I wanted to know all the answers. Right? How am I going to feel? Are they going to take advantage of me? And these, so it was very important. And I'm I'm telling you guys a long version so you can hear my thought process. It was very important for me to know, like, for me to hear myself go through a thought process of like when I'm in a group full of women of color. These women are black in particular. Like my thought process was I'm going to be taken advantage of. I'm going to be ignored. Um, I might be berated. I might not be as smart as them. I might not get my needs met. And I just let it all flow out. Right. And then I asked myself, where is that coming from? Right. Cause that's not, that's not what these women represent. Right. Where is that coming from? Cause trust me, somebody's looking at me and thinking the same thing. So that was kind of like, my little, you know, my condensed version of that journey, like for years, I kept knowing you need to build community, but I just was like, I don't know where to start. It's uncomfortable. And I would back, I would try to lean in halfway and then I would back off, try to lean in and I'd back off. When I, st- what really, you know, um, changed that game for me was stopping and asking myself questions and then hearing my thoughts and questioning why I was having those thoughts. Cause that was what was getting in the way. Right. So if anybody out there feels the same, Um, and to bring you up to date, yes, I'm in this mastermind and it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, we're not free flowing. I mean, we did say like, Hey, these are some of the goals that we have. This is what we want to do, but it's it's also not rigid. And the outcome has been, we have a ton of brilliant women who do something different, right? They all have different aspects of work that they do. Um, some of them have, you know, what I call we have like these nano micro, you know, influencers and stuff, right? Some of us don't have as many followers, but everybody has been so influential on me. They've taught me something like my eyes, that little tiny view that I had has been blown up. It's just amazing. So, okay, I'm done talking. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm like, I'm saying uh, so much. (laughs) No,
1: no, no. But it's so important. I love the fact that you walked us through the door process because there is a lot of distrust amongst Mm. us which creates that hesitation to build the community that will help us evolve right Right. and like you when I came into this space very resistant to anything group like I wouldn't even consider a coaching program if it wasn't all one-to-one me and you girl both of us listen if I'm paying you I am not sharing my time I need it all However, right. <laughs> there was this one coach that I did, th- it was just not an option. She did not do one to ones anymore. And I was just like, I, I want to work with her. She s- literally spoke to my soul when she talked. So, right. like, her marketer was all plain. I Like, she did her job and I needed to work with her. And the only way I caught was in a group program. That group program shifted everything for me. And it right. wasn't about the information. The coach was given. It was the energy, the dynamics, the honesty with the other women, which Mm -hmm. allowed me to see that I wasn't alone. We shared our stories. We shared our frustrations. We shared our wins. And although our circumstances were different, I related wholeheartedly to their struggles, to their ups, their downs, their peaks, their troughs, like all of it. And just in that, in the ability to share our stories and connect through that alone, I felt so empowered because I didn't know any of these people. I'll probably not meet them for a very long time, but I felt like I created a sisterhood Mm -hmm. just because for the first time I allowed myself to be vulnerable.
0: Yep, yep
1: vulnerability was a like a no-no Mm-mm. we're not getting right. on anybody's call <laughs> and tell them I've had a bad week we're not doing that so right initially I would go in and sit there and and not share until one day this woman just spoke and I was like oh my god I feel like she's reading my mind in this moment and I realized this wall is yours and no one else's. Like you just gotta let go, and once I did, things changed. Things shifted. Once I w- I learned to be vulnerable, now like fully vulnerable, and trust that this whole process I'm being led to people that will have an impact in my life, even if it's not one that I wanna see. It's teaching me a lesson that I need to learn. Mm. And that changed everything for me.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. You know, actually, when you said that, I kind of reflected like, so you actually kind of didn't have that option. Like, if I want to work with this coach and she's totally badass and I want to work with her, I have to like just, you know, get into this group, right? Um, So I had like kind of like the opposite, right? It was like, I knew for a long time you need to build community, but it just felt I couldn't put the words to it until I had them, which was, I didn't feel safe. Um, And like, I like to, you know, let people know that it wasn't necessarily that people were making me feel that way. As you said, it was my own shields, right? I don't feel safe. I had this preconceived idea that I'm not, I'm just not safe in this. And when I really got down to the nitty gritty of it, it was that I felt like I wasn't allowed to take up space, Right. Sometimes if I talk, if I'm the person talking in in a group coaching session, I'm like, I need to hurry up and get this out so that I'm not talking too long, so somebody else gets a chance. And so I will, I would want to work with one to one coaches because I felt like, okay, now I paid for her to listen to me talk, and I don't have to worry about the pressure of giving everybody else in the group, like you know, like and everybody looking at me and me like feeling a certain way, right? So there's so many layers to it, right? And I think that had I not started working with my mastermind group and just doing that, I wouldn't have been able to get into a group coaching. Now, don't get me wrong. I still love to have a one-to-one coach. I'm not going to lie. That's just, look, one-to-one coaching is amazing. I do one-to-one coaching, right? Because there is still benefit in being able to talk to a coach pointedly about a specific problem for an hour or 45 minutes or whatever the the Mm -hmm. container is. But as you said, having a community, and even if you have to like in my my peer mastermind, it's free, it's a peer, but we are very specific. There's seven of us ladies, right? We're all black women. I'm not saying you have to be all one one thing. That's how ours ended up shaking out. I think we invited nine people and only seven ended up being there. We made sure we were kind of aligned and that what we wanted from the group, right? And everybody knows this is a safe space. We don't take things from this group and share them other places, right? And yeah, it still took months and months and months for us to open up about certain things. You know, our first conversations were very topical and, oh guys, this is what I'm working for. Okay, I'm going to post this. Could you share, you know, da, 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 And then it became like, hey, I'm working on this program. Could you guys take a look at it? You know, what do you think? What does everybody think? Then it became like, you know, this is what's happening in my life, right? And you have that support. And all of a sudden, when I get that, that body feeling that like you're taking up too much space, I can now in the moment take a deep breath and say, hey, you know what? You're allowed to take up space here. And so when I'm showing up, just on my own, you know, Instagram feed. Right. And being like, oh, I should have kept that video to a minute instead of a minute and a half. I can remind myself somebody out there needs that other half minute, you know? So yeah, it is definitely a process for anybody out there listening and wants to do the same thing. But I think that community has been robbed from us as black women. Um, because no, go on. You have a question.
1: No, I was just like,
0: "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Community has been robbed from us. And I mean, I think if anybody listening out there has been in all or, you know, potentially other places, because you're in the um, you're in the UK, you're always, at least for me, I grew up and I was always the only black girl. I was always the only black girl who ever got Dune of the Month, the only black girl when I went into the corporate world, right? Um, the only black girl, you know, when I was at pretty much every single job, right? I was like, where are the people? I mean, I worked in Chicago for God's sakes. Where are the rest of the black people? Come on, Chicago's (laughs) full of black people. (laughs) How am I possibly the only person who has this job in Chicago? And it happened to be a job, um, you know, like really short story that when I went to apply for this job, this job was supposed to be a starting salary of about 85K, right? And we're talking, this is what, 2010, 11, 2011. 85k should have been my starting salary in this job, and I went through the interview and everything like that, super nervous and stuff. And when I they called me, they said, you know, so we really liked you, we think you're really smart, but you know, we're going to offer you a different job. The company decided to go a different way. Da da da. We we're going to go with a more experienced rep. We want to offer you this job. They offered me a job for fifty five thousand, with a annual five thousand dollar bonus. Right, so sixty k. And they were like, don't worry, you're going to work your way up and everything. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I should get myself through, my, myself through the door because I had like, switched careers. Maybe I should get myself through the door, da, da, da. So I worked for them for a year. And in the year, we had, I had two reviews. Both of my reviews came back perfect. The average person who worked in that, because um, I was in medical sales, you don't start taking call, meaning you're on call when a doctor calls you on the weekends. You don't start taking call until about eight months to a year into the assignment because we worked in cardiac devices. Mm -hmm. So anybody listening out there who's geeking and working cardiac devices, this is some real serious stuff. You have to know your stuff to be by yourself on call, working with a cardiologist who's had 12 years of school. Right. And so they were like, you know, you don't take call into this point. They put me on call after four months because that's how advanced I was. Mm -hmm. Once I saw that, I was like, and then I got my second review. I was like, pay me more money, pay me more money. Right. So I called some of my colleagues around the country who had gone to school with me because uh, we did do a training for this. Right. And I called them and I said, what did you get starting, especially the ones who worked in the same company as me? I said, I will not say your name, but what did you get uh, as a starting salary? And they all told me if they were white male, sometimes twenty thousand dollars more than me. So I went to my boss and I'm like, I'm not accepting anything less than this." I had a whole presentation on my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not accepting more than this. Uh, they were like, no, you, you, you're you crazy. Who asks for a raise? They were like, what is that? The, you know, that's like the equivalent of like, you know, a 20, 25% raise over a year. And I said, no, because this is what you should have given me because you said I was starting at this position. And then you actually changed my job title to make me do all the stuff that you took the money away from, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get into all the details, but the bottom line is, is that that was what would happen in those environments. When I was the only black person, I would always find out that I was also being paid the least amount, sometimes given the most work. And I was never shy about like asking, right? I think where I went wrong was I would stay, even when uh-huh. I said no. Uh-huh. And I would only stay, not, not always, but I, w- I would stay, usually I would stay for like a year. And that was always my mindset being like, am I making the right decision? And that was, in my opinion, lack of community, lack of mentorship, And I always think to myself, had I been around other Black women who are in their careers who are a little bit ahead of me, and maybe even in the same, you know, a couple steps ahead of me, many steps ahead of me, I think I could have seen it through their eyes, through their experience, through them telling me, no, you should not take that. And so in the online space, I do the same thing, right? Some of these women, yes, I can coach them in their business, right? Some of these women, I give them coaching advice for their business, right? They don't know everything on the business side but they also know things that I don't know. And it's so powerful. And it's let me feel so taken care of and nourished. You know, instead of I'm I'm scared, you're going to make more than me, you're going to get what I don't have. That's just not even in my mind anymore. Mm -hmm. What about you?
1: Iron sharpens iron. I think that's the easiest way to summarize that. When we can lean into the fact that we can learn from others, it changes everything for us. Right. My internet's a little unstable now. We had a storm oh. today, so <laughs> <I> sorry. <can't. laughs> sorry about no, that. I hear
0: you. <laughs>
1: so where can our listeners find you online? Because I have absolutely enjoyed this conversation with you.
0: All right, ladies and gents, if you're listening and you didn't, you know, feel like I'm so chatty, <laughs> if you want to hear me chat more. I'm on Instagram over at my first dot last name, and I'm sure you'll have it in show notes, but that's Halida And you can also check out my, my, I was about to say my iPad. You can check out my podcast. <laughs> it's the Black Girl Business Bar. Um, and I have, yeah, I, I like to talk about, you know, all the things in business, you know, that we need to talk about. And then sometimes I have conversations like these as well. So yeah, if you want to just come um, listen to some of my content, that's where you can find me.
1: I have truly enjoyed our time together today. Listeners, when are you going to start taking up space? When are you going to start taking up space? I
0: hope as, it's today.
1: <laughs> yes, I hope it's today as well. Start taking up space, start utilizing communities. And if there aren't any, start building them for yourself. And, you know, I've a- already spoken about my bigger vision for this podcast. I want to be able to create a community as a result of this. I want to see you being just as much as you want to see you being. And this is what it's about. Leaning into the community, leaning into being willing to learn from others. So as always, I want to remind you, walk as if every step you take is about to create an avalanche because boo, boo, You are here to change the world. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Choosing Her Hustle. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to press the subscribe button. If you want to join in the conversation, follow me on Instagram at Choosing Her Hustle Podcast, where I'll be going live every Thursday to dig a little deeper into this week's episode. So make sure you bring your questions and comments and join our amazing community. If you want to support us, share, 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 and make sure to leave us a rating and review. See you next week.